Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Mariah. And this is Ghoulish Gals Podcast. Are you excited for The Axeman of New Orleans, part one? Part one of. It's going to be our first multi-parter. <laughs> yes, I'm excited because I know nothing about this at all. Okay, so listen, I heard about this like five years ago on a different podcast. I think the podcast was called Lore mm. or something, and I've been intrigued ever since. It's wild. Wild. We're in for a wild ride. Oh, yeah, and this is only... I don't even go through all of the victims, like all of the attacks in this part. We'll get more into it in the second part, but there's, like, letters that get written from the axe man who says he's, like, a demon from hell, and um, in one of the letters, he essentially... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I'm not going to go into it too much. Well, now I'm really excited. (laughs) Just so you know what to expect for next week. Great. But, yeah, at some point, he also basically tells them that... I'll leave you alone and nobody else will die if you, like, play all this jazz music and stuff. Anyways, it's Cuckoo Nut Man. Sweet. So here we go. We love a good Cuckoo Nut Man. Here we go. This series of attacks that I'll be talking about um, took place between May of 1918 and October of 1919, obviously in New Orleans. Um, Not every single attack was in New Orleans, um, a couple of them were like the surrounding, oh, okay. um, like places. Like one of them. Do took... they call them provinces down there, or are they like towns? I feel. Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miss Researcher, that's a detail. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everything just said communities, and I was like, oh, that okay. doesn't seem. Maybe, Have I just I don't know. been brainwashed by True Blood? <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> Anyways. So, uh, 12 victims, and I had to look up, like, how to pronounce some of the names. One of, like, the things was that people thought this was, like, a racially motivated thing because most of the victims were Italian, um, either immigrants from mm-hmm. Italy or of Irish descent. Oh. Listen, I did my best on the names, okay? <laughs> the first two victims were Joseph and Catherine Maggio. Maggio. I tried to look up the pronunciation and it said like without the like EO part and I was like okay Maggio Maggio I do my best I did my best um Louis Bessemer Harriet Lowe Anna Schneider Joseph Romano Charles Cordomiglia and his wife Rosie um and unfortunately trigger warning their two-year-old daughter was unfortunately a victim um we do not get into them this week that'll be down the line got it but just so you know um steve boca sarah lauman and mike pepitone jeez sorry it just sounds like fun it's not fun though no i can only Um, imagine it's not fun we in this episode will get through Hopefully, Joseph Romano. And in most of the cases, the killer gained entry. He had, like, a very set MO, like a lot of killers do. So he got into the house, um, into most of the houses, by using a chisel to remove uh-huh. a panel from the door. What? And got, and I cannot imagine that was <laughs> quiet, but, like... 
listen, once we get, like, farther into it, because I don't even think I could fit through a panel in a fucking door. Like, just removing one little panel, I don't even think I would no, fit. Well, not right now, definitely. Well, well, yeah, but. but once we get into the description of the killer, that's why I think it's so easy for people to believe that, like, he really was a demon from hell. Because, like, how well... Yeah, okay. We'll get there. All right, all right. <laughs> um, and then, interestingly enough, at almost every crime scene, the chisel used to, like, remove the panel was left by the door. So he, he kept buying new chisels and just leaving them? Or bringing them from hell. Who knows? Okay, well... Who knows? Apparently hell has a lot of chisels. <laughs> <laughs> and so the first attack was Joseph and Catherine Maggio on May 23rd of 1918. And they were Italian grocers, and they lived, like, in an apartment above the grocery store that they owned. And so the killer entered their home, and another thing that was, like, really common is he would use an axe that he found at the victim's home. So he was using the victim's axe to kill them. Hmm. However... They don't have axes in hell. They have chisels, not axes. Yeah, duh. and apparently <laughs> straight razors or some type of razor blade because oh. he... he Sweetie um, Todd style. Yeah, exactly. So for the Maggios, he cut their throats while they were sleeping with a razor blade, um, and Catherine's throat was actually cut so deeply her head was nearly severed. With a razor blade? With a razor blade. But there's there's bones in the how do you get through bones with the right? razor blade? I'm saying Or did he just Wild. <laughs> Wild. And then so it was thought then that this next part was to like hide the fact that he'd like slit their throats. Because after that they um had their heads like beat in with an axe. So brutal. Okay, why does this sound like the male version of Lizzie Borden? It kind of is. Okay. It kind of All is. Right. In my opinion. Anyway, after the crime, the axe and the bloody clothes that the killer was wearing were all found in the bathroom of the Maggio's home. So that means the killer had changed clothes before fleeing the scene and just left the bloody ones. Just went, ah. Well, that's before you know Oh, yeah, DNA. Before, yeah, it's yeah, 1918 19s, at this point. Yeah. So they're they're literally like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, well, we have this yeah. evidence. What are we gonna do with it? And it's almost like he, sorry, no, it's almost good. like he did it on purpose. Like obviously, after they figured out who it was, to be like, oh well, they I'm, never figured out who it was. Oh, we don't know who did it. It's unsolved. It's unsolved. This case is so wild. So he really just booped back to hell after every yeah. murder and left his clothes. Yeah, and that's, he said that's what he would do if they played all this jazz music, and that's, that's really what seems to have happened. It just get listen, all just right, you right. wait. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm shutting up. Just listening. you wait. It's a wild ride, okay? <laughs> so they were found a, around two hours after the attack, by um, Joseph's brothers, Jake and Andrew Maggio. And unfortunately, Catherine did not survive the attack. She, as I said, her throat was, she was yeah. nearly decapitated. 
Joseph, however, had survived the attack. He was still alive when his brothers found him. Unfortunately, he died like just moments oh after God. they found him. I can't even imagine walking in on that. That would give me nightmares for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And listen. How many times have I said listen already? <laughs> it just, it gets so crazy, okay? So after the bodies were removed, the police didn't even, like, do a complete search of the area right away. So it wasn't until later that they found in the neighbor's backyard a bloody straight razor. What? And somewhere near the couple's home was a message written in chalk that read, Mrs. Joseph Maggio will sit up tonight just like Miss Tony. Huh? Hmm? What, what the fuck does that mean? So the police also tried to figure that out, and they theorized that this message was referring to Mrs. Tony Chiambra, who, get this, was one of the victims in a string of attacks in 1911 to 1912 of Italian grocers. Most of the victims had been attacked by a man with an axe who entered their home at night by removing a panel on the door. And the police at this point kind of thought that that was connected, that this was part of that. And like that the killer had come well, back. Yeah, and if that's the, the case, goddamn. if that's the case, the axe man has been at it for a hot minute at this point. Years. Yeah. Already. And it's like coming and going because like there's not going to be a series of people just getting axed in their house and people are just going to be like, oh, oh, what was that? No, it's going to like start to generate some serious yeah. like attention. And so the police had ruled out robbery because nothing was taken. They, there were valuables and money, like their cash box with receipts and everything was just out and nothing was taken. The house was ransacked. But nothing was taken. Why? If you're not going to take anything, why you got to mess up the house? Just go in. Yeah. Like do your just, business. And that's just a dick <laughs> like, move. That, just, that sounds so bad to say. But it's it's like all these stupid criminals are like, well, I better mess it up. Yeah. I better make it look like a robbery or something. Like if you're not going to take anything, what's the point? <laughs> it's wasted time. Just get in and get out. <laughs> murder tips 101. <laughs> Murder tips with uh, Jess and Mariah. So at this point now, the police literally, the only evidence they have is this weird cryptic message written in chalk, and they have the straight razor. And of course, they have the clothes and the axe. But what are they going to do with it? Because that was Joseph's axe. Yeah. they don't have fingerprinting. They don't have DNA stuff yet, Like, there's really. nothing like, they can do with it. There's nothing they can do with the bloody clothes. Nothing. Well, They're stuck. Yeah, they might have had fingerprinting, but they didn't have, they didn't have, um, like, the big databases that we do right, now. Right, right. And they definitely weren't doing anything with DNA evidence at no, that point. It if wasn't anything, even a thought in their mind. If anything, they're trying to pick up fingerprints with, like, gunpowder or something. Right. You know, Some, like... Very Sherlock Holmes at that time, I would assume. I don't know for certain. So, in a strange, strange turn of events, they figured out who the razor belonged to. How? It belonged to Joseph's brother, Andrew, 
okay, who ran a barber shop. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, very, very much. Sweetie Todd. Oh, my God. An employee that worked for Andrew, because Andrew just ran the shop. He, I don't think he was an actual barber. I think he just, oh, he just was like the boss. So one of his employees named Esteban Torres told the police that Andrew had taken the razor blade from the shop two days before the attack. And Andrew's reason was there was a nick in the blade that he wanted to get honed out. So he, he wanted to get the blade fixed. Oh, okay. Um, can't, can't go be, nicking people. Right. Can't, can't be hurts. cutting people, you know. And Andrew really became, like, the prime suspect in this case, obviously because his razor was yeah. the, the murder weapon. They're like, you just cut off your sister-in-law's <laughs> head with your razor. Like, Oops. what? <laughs> and, like, none of the evidence is looking great so far, mm-hmm. you know. And he lived in an adjoining apartment oh, to Joseph and Catherine. So almost like okay. a duplex. I was going to say, how did he not hear anything? But I'm assuming. Okay, so that's what the police thought too. So he was obviously questioned. And mm-hmm. the police were like, you didn't hear anything? Okay. So he said that the only reason he discovered the couple in the first place was that he heard groaning through the wall. And obviously, if it's an adjoining apartment, there's a shared wall. Yeah. So he heard groaning, and so he, you know, got his brother and went to go check it out, you know. I would do the same. I wouldn't go in by myself. I'd get somebody. No, you don't want to go in there by yourself. Oh, I hear groaning. My brother's got a tummy ache. Let me go check on him. (laughs) No, he's just dying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine, right? Still, that's like... But, okay, now... Bear with me. So he told the police that the reason he didn't hear the attack was because he was so drunk. Mm -hmm. Because he was actually leaving to join the Navy soon. So he had been out celebrating that all night. But the police were still, like, shocked that he didn't hear the intruder. Like I said, chiseling out a panel in the door cannot be quiet. No. And, like... Sure, I could understand how you wouldn't hear the attack like with the razor. But when you're getting your head bashed in. Exactly. There's some noises. There was reports in one article I read that one of the reasons the police were so shocked that he didn't hear anything was because there was blood about seven feet up the wall. Holy shit. Very Lizzie Borden-esque. So, you know, prime suspect. He is the suspect. Um, And at this point, this is the first attack. They have no idea what's in store. Mm -hmm. They think they have their guy. They arrest him. But eventually they have to release him because they just couldn't break down a statement. And he said that an unknown man had been seen lurking near the home. And there was nobody to refute that. Right. The people that probably could were dead. Right. And... The investigators did question others, but they just had no evidence at all. I almost feel like people, like, we've become very nosy as years have gone on. And, like, before, there was so much stuff you didn't talk about that people were just like, "Mm, nope. And they went that way. They didn't, they weren't, they weren't, what's going on over there? Oh, yeah. What are you doing? Peeking out the window, just staring. (laughs) Eating their popcorn while they're watching their neighbor's 
fucking WWE <laughs> match in the front yard. Like, Oh, I'm so bad. If I see an ambulance or a fire truck, I want to follow it. I, my mom used to get so mad at me because they'd pass by. I'm like, Mom, we got to follow it. I want to know where they're going. <sighs> and she's like, no. You're okay. going to get in trouble for that. You can't do that. Our and last I'm like, neighborhood. Yes, I can. Our last neighborhood was so bad. There were so many like elderly people. Just in the time that we lived there, we watched like, I, well, we, I <laughs> you. watched like, I want to say like four or five elderly people get like loaded into an ambulance Ugh. and get like carted away because they had like and died in their home. Never, oh God. It's so sad. And like That's a couple so times sad. I was like, on a walk with the baby oh. and so i'm like what do i do because like do i stand if i get any closer yeah the sirens are on and uh-huh. i have a baby what do i do for her ear turn around go back home <laughs> well i was like heading home no okay so yeah. i was leaving from work a few years back and i saw it was like four in the morning and i'm on not a great area because Mm -hmm. I work out at the airport and I see smoke in the dark and it's cold and I'm like oh what's that going on over there my dumb ass goes into the sketchy ass fucking neighborhoods in the dark to go find the fire that was across the river okay and I was watching this place just burn and I'm like calling my mom like there's a place on fire and like five minutes into this I go, I probably shouldn't be here right now. I'm a white lady in a prominently black neighborhood in the dark. One of us is the final girl in the horror movie, and it is not you. (laughs) I'm the final girl. I'm surviving. (laughs) Traumatized, but surviving. My my dumbass runs towards danger. (laughs) You're the one who says, oh, let's go to the dark basement. Get your ass to the no, basement, then. I would never go to a dark... I hate basements, okay? Oh, my God. As we're sitting in the basement on the death couch reading about an act Just think about the clown. Oh, my God. Jeez, I feel like we need to put that on the Instagram. That's insane. That's funny. So, backtrack. Uh, what are we talking about again? The second attack now. We are okay. now on to the second attack. Great. And so now it's like about a month later, it's June 27th now of still 1918. And the second victims are Louis Bessemer and Harriet Lowe. So Louis was also an Italian grocer. And there was like, they called it a living quarters. But that just sounds weird to me. That like just reminds me of like a horse stable or something. Yeah. So I'm going to call it a living area. Okay. Um, Like in the back part of his shop. And so it's early morning, and Lewis had been hit above his right temple with an axe, and Harriet had been hit on the left side, almost as if, like, the killer was just standing on one side, like, didn't switch sides, you know? Oh, I see. Okay, so he was... Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. And so, again, the axe that was used belonged to Lewis. Okay, how do they know the axes belong to them? Do they have their names in these axes? I don't know. Like, is that what you used to do back in the day, was, like, solder your name into your tools? I don't fucking know. Okay. You are asking the wrong person. And just so you know, this whole situation, like, 
These victims are some of the wildest, specifically Harriet, and we'll get real into her. Don't you worry. Okay, okay. good. <laughs> so, again, the axe was found in the bathroom. With the clothes. No clothes this time. No clothes. No clothes. Just the axe in the bathroom. And this poor person. Um, they were found by a baker named John Zanka, who was literally just making his usual 7 a.m. delivery to the store. Oh, God. Um, and he just, like, had a weird feeling because the store wasn't, wasn't open, open yet. yet. Oh. And he was like, that's weird because it's always open. That's my usual, usual thing. So he went to the back door, like, to the door of the mm-hmm. living area because he's familiar with them. Yeah. And he unfortunately found them lying in a pool of blood. They were both alive. What? How? So they were taken to Charity Hospital. And Lewis was released from the hospital pretty quickly. Like, apparently his injuries were not really that severe. I'm dumbfounded. How? Same. You got hit in... How? The temple's like the softest spot of your head. Right. That and like, what, the base of your neck, I think. Just mind blown. Absolutely mind blown. Now, Harriet. Harriet, she didn't get released so quickly. Um, Unfortunately, she was dealing with some partial paralysis on, Uh, like, the left side of her face. And so she was in the hospital for a a while. She made quite a name for herself, um, to say the least. And this attack got a lot more... Like, media coverage. Mm. Again, this is 1918, so it's newspapers. It's reporters Mm -hmm. and stuff. But a lot of people are convinced the reason this one got so much more coverage was because it was so scandalous. At this time, it came out. uh, Harriet was not Lewis's wife. She was his mistress. (gasps) And the... (laughs) Why? Where the fuck was his wife? I had that question, too. I found the answer. Oh, okay. But I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Okay. The only reason that the media found out about this was because they had a source at the charity hospital who uh, let them in on a little secret. Bessemer had tried to visit her at the hospital. Uh-huh. I imagine because he felt bad and he was like, oh my yeah. God, are you okay? He was promptly told after he asked to be directed to Harriet Lowe's room, they did not have... A patient by that name. So she had to have been lying to him. What? If he was asking at the hospital for her by Harriet Lowe, and they were like, oh, we don't have a, a patient by that name. What the fuck? I'm going to tell you right now, based on the research I did, I'm not a big fan of her. Oh, she sounds okay. like a not-so-great person now. Mm-hmm. First, I was like, oh, no, this poor girl I mean, poor like, girl yeah, got poor, a, like, nobody deserves to be axed in the, the face, the you know? The mistress got attacked on, on date night, like... Right, right, like, you know, nobody... Well, apparently it was more than date night. <clears throat> oh. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> oh. We'll get into it. We'll get right, into it right. uh, a little bit later. Um, I It's wild. I was absolutely dumbfounded. The more research I did on these this attack, I was like... What is even happening? You went down a rabbit hole. (laughs) I was so confused. So listen, you asked about his actual wife. She was in Cincinnati at the time of the attacks, but returned just a couple of days later. To her house full of blood and her 
her beat up fucking husband. Uh, questionable. I couldn't find anything else about his wife. And you'll see why I say questionable in a few minutes. Oh. Okay. So obviously the investigators are going to do their job. They're going to, they're going to talk to the people they can talk to Lewis and Harriet. Okay. So when they questioned Harriet, she told them that her attacker was, listen, I'm going to put this out right now. This is her words, not mine. Um, she uses a term to describe this man that is no longer used. Most people consider it very offensive now. Um, but she told the police that her attacker was a mulatto man. Again, very offensive now. Yeah. Now that we know like more of the and history of the I've word and honestly stuff. Honestly, don't think I've ever heard that term. Really? Yeah. Do you know what it is? Oh. So it was a <laughs> term. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, uh. Well, okay. It's basically a term that was used very mainstream to describe um, like oh. a mixed person. So you have like a white mom and a black dad oh. or, or like vice versa. Um, but again, don't use it. It's like huh. considered very offensive. Now, if you're interested, uh, look up why it's offensive. White people, that's all I can say <laughs> as I'm sitting here pale as a ghost. Me too. I do my best though to not be a racist dick, so. Same. <laughs> like, I do my best Same. to unlearn things and stuff. I do my best. It's fine. We're educating. See? Yes. I've never heard of that, so now I learn something new. And yeah. now if I now hear somebody go, say it, I go, yeah. um, the fuck you just say? Right. Shut you up. can go spread the word and, you know, hopefully they're not intentionally being douche nozzles. Yeah. By using it, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, that made one of Lewis's employees, like, prime suspect number one. Um, oh. uh, a man named also Lewis, but it's spelled differently. Um, so this man was Lewis Obacon, Ubacon, um, and he was a 41-year-old black man. Okay. Remember, this is 1918 yeah. in New Orleans. Sadly. Um, they obviously didn't believe anything he said, and they probably killed him. Well, I don't think they killed him. I don't know how he died. I don't know anything about his death, if he died after this or not. But um, he had only been working in the store for one week before the attack. Jeez. What after, rotten luck. Right? Because, this like, sucks. listen, after doing research, do I believe for a... Half of a heartbeat. It was this man? No. No, no I don't. Um, I believe she was just a racist asshole. Probably. Like, probably every other white person at the time. Mm -hmm. um, today right. still. <clears throat> so, unfortunately, the police thought this did not look good for him. You've only been there for a week. She says she was attacked by a non-white person. And, unfortunately, he had given the police conflicting stories. This is what the police said. I couldn't find anything else. Well, yeah, because they, they said that they, they are not going to go interview a black man. They don't care. Right. And so they said he had given conflicting stories of his whereabouts on the morning of the attack. Was that true? Maybe. Do I believe it for a second? No, I don't. Because I don't think any of the police were doing any type of police work whatsoever. I think they were all just being like, Sounds good. Y'all see That's why. police work was for a yeah. long time. Fortunately, he did end up getting released. Oh, good. Because they had absolutely zero Nothing. evidence. Yeah. Except her statement. 
Well, okay. Kay. How come she has a statement and the and the guy doesn't her her lover? Okay, so. Oh, I'm jumping again. <laughs> in the meantime, the police have been searching. You know the the crime scene and everything, which was Lewis's house, mm-hmm. not um, Lewis Ulbicon, Lewis Bessemer. Yeah. They found a trunk containing uh, letters that Bessemer had written. Um, and the letters were written in German, Russian, and Yiddish. And I wasn't sure what Yiddish was, so I looked it up. And it seems like it's basically like a Germanic version of Hebrew. And so, now the police are suspecting that he's a German spy. Makes sense. 1918. Yeah. So now, government officials. Oh, God. The government's involved, have, y'all. <laughs> have launched an investigation regarding his espionage, or the, his alleged espionage. Did, I'm assuming they've translated said letters. Excuse me. I don't know. I no? did not look into that. No. Listen, I already had about 8 million other things. I was like, just don't need this. <laughs> so, weeks later... He was arrested on espionage charges because little Miss Sunshine Harriet, uh, you know, finally regained full consciousness. It, it kind of seems like she was, like, in and out of it for a while mm-hmm. and, like, just couldn't, you know, do stuff for a while. Facial paralysis, okay? Mm-hmm. That's got to suck. So she said she also suspected him of being a German spy. What? So first she's attacked by a non-white man. Is she a German spy? And now (laughs) she suspects her lover of being a German spy. Holy cow. She's the German spy. It's She's throwing them off. Just wait until I tell you more about her. Oh, God. There's Uh, more about her? There's more. (laughs) Holy shit. There's more. So after her claim, two days later. So listen. They arrested him. I'm getting real worked up about it because it just makes... Okay. So they arrested him based on her claim and this evidence, right? Uh These letters. That they hadn't translated uh, or know anything about. I tried to do as much digging as I could into this. Couldn't find it. But here we go. The reason he was released two days later was because two of the lead investigators on the case were demoted. Not fired. Demoted. For unacceptable police work. What does that mean? What? I tried to do digging and couldn't find anything. So it sounds to me like the police just bullshitted their way through that. And they were like, yeah, we believe her. Just like we believed her about her first statement. Now we believe her that her lover's a a German spy. Makes sense. I'm curious if it's the same two officers that are interviewing and (laughs) she's just sleeping with them. (laughs) Honestly, after I tell you about her, you will not be surprised. Um, So after he was released, you know, because she got him arrested because she said she thought he was a German spy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, she still went back to the apartment that they shared. Not him and his wife, the one that was in Cincinnati and came back. Him and his mistress, the place that they, like, were attacked in. Wait, wait, wait. So... The wife and the husband didn't live behind the store, but Lewis and the mistress lived behind the store? That's what it sounds like. So where the fuck does Lewis live? The the wife, you mean? Or yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Couldn't find anything about it. 
maybe she lives in Cincinnati and that's why she was in Cincinnati and she just came back for a visit. Maybe she works in Cincinnati or something. I don't know. I, yeah, but, okay. I mean, listen, she got him arrested. Harriet got Lewis arrested because she thought he was a German spy and then still went back to the apartment that she shared with him. Hmm. If you think your lover is a German spy and you are the one who got them arrested, are you Why about to be like, go oh, back? hey, babe. Um, Can I come in? <laughs> don't you, you think you'd maybe be, like, a little bit afraid if they're actually a German spy? Don't you think maybe you'd want to, like, leave at this point? No. Okay. Nope. Um, so, a little bit more about Harriet. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, as I said, she'd made quite a name for herself. Yeah. Uh, throughout all of this, she's been talking to reporters, like, left and right, and she's oh. repeatedly making statements about how she doesn't like the New Orleans chief of police and about her reluctance to comply with police questioning. What? But you're so forthcoming with all this information. Uh-huh. I'm saying. Every time they question you. I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right, cuckoo nut woman, what the fuck are you doing? So, here is where I really started to dislike her. Aside, because you know what? You're dealing with facial paralysis mm -hmm. and you, you know, whatever. You Brains can do weird things. Here's mm -hmm. where I really started to dislike her. So, when it was finally publicly released, not just like media outlets talking about it to each other, but publicly released, that um, she wasn't married to Bessemer, but was his mistress, she told a reporter with the Times Picayune paper that uh, she wasn't going to help the police anymore because she thought it was Police Chief Mooney who had tipped the media off about her marital status. Huh? So because she was butthurt that now, you know, the entire community knows she's not married, she's, she's just a mistress. The, the scarlet letter on her. Yeah. So now she's butthurt and she's not going to help the police anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you were sure. attacked. Don't you want to know who you were attacked by? Plot twist, it was her. <laughs> oh, there's a plot twist coming your way, don't oh, you God. worry. Now, in an attempt to fix her partial paralysis in her face she had a surgery you know to attempt to fix mm -hmm. the damage but she did die two days after the surgery oh. okay um on august 5th of 1918 but before she died well you know she's not going to help the police anymore but she has just one more thing she needs to tell them she told them she thought it was lewis who had attacked her the so she got the white arrested. Lewis, not the black Lewis. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. So she got him arrested for being a German spy. After he was released, she went back to the apartment she shared with him, and now, um, as she's dying, oh, miraculously, he's the one who attacked her. Okay. Uh, so they charged him with her murder, um, and arrested what? him. Yep. And he served nine months in prison for murder. But how are they going to charge him with murder when she didn't die from the murder? She died due to complications like, yeah. from the surgery. Don't ask me. Because it's the shoddy early 1900s. Work. Like Shoddy police work. Ayah. That's what we're dealing with here. Okay. So he served his nine months. I mean, he, he was like I sentenced to life. Been. Okay. I would have been like, However, get me far out of here right now. <laughs> on May 1st, 1919, after only... 10 minutes of deliberating the jury acquitted him 
10 minutes it took them oh to be like oh my god no nah no nah he's not guilty he's, he's innocent en- enjoy your life see you later your life's already fucked up as enough as it is. Let's just well, add right. imprisonment to it. For... Well, like, you're telling me that he just got to go live his life after that? No. Now that people think he's a German spy? No. no. This poor Italian up. grocer who's just trying to make a living. Just, his life is ruined because of this. have to move. Because of somebody who just wanted attention. You cannot convince me that, like, yes, it's really bad that you got axed in the face. But, like, maybe don't ruin other people's lives. Yeah, I don't like her. You're right. Yeah. Uh, see? Wild. Told mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Now, attack number three, coincidentally, took place on August 5th of 1918, which is the day that Harriet, like, she had finally passed away on that day oh. after the surgery. But um, August 15th of 1918 is the... That's so weird. That's... Right? A weird coincidence. So He's just like, I'm waiting for her to join me in right. hell. Uh. That's what it seems like. <laughs> and so, this one is kind of rough for me, but uh, it's fine. There's no trigger warning or anything okay. on this one. It's just kind of rough for me, given my pregnant situation right now, oh. okay? So, this victim was Anna Schneider, who was a 28-year-old woman who was eight months pregnant, okay? And this was the killer's, like, first deviation from his MO. It's okay, the baby survives. Oh, good. She was neither Italian nor was she a grocer. I don't oh, know. because yeah, all the rest of them leading so far yeah. were, yeah. And I don't know why she was chosen, because she does not fit his M.O. Copycat? In my non-professional opinion, I think it maybe kind of could have been a copycat, because... Okay, I'll, I'll stop. Okay. So, <laughs> um, when she was found, she was actually found by her husband, Ed as he got home from work sometime around midnight. Her scalp was cut open. Her face was covered in blood because her scalp was cut open, obviously. And um, She was missing some teeth, according to some sources. Not all sources. I believe it. Okay, so you'll see why. She survived and gave birth two days later to a healthy baby girl. Imagine. Huh? You are a strong woman, ma'am. Huh? A strong woman. How do these people keep surviving? I'm, I don't think the axe man cares. But again, I don't really think this particular one was the axe man. Uh, if it was, he was just... He was trying something new. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. So, when the police, like, asked her, like, when they questioned her, she claimed that she didn't remember anything about the actual attack. Um, All she remembered was that she was laying in bed sleeping and woke up to see a dark figure standing over her, and then the figure just started bashing her in the head. So that's, like, all she claims to have remembered. Being bashed in the head, uh, mm-hmm. I believe that you don't remember yeah. anything else. I've, I've had a concussion before. I say I remember everything and that I never <laughs> lost consciousness, but nobody can back me up because I was by myself. Oh. So, like, I, I thought... Sorry, side note. No, you're I thought I had called, because I was at work, and I thought I had called people to say, hey, I just got hit in the head. Like, I need you guys to come out here, because I was by myself and nobody right. was around. The people I was trying to call said they never got a call from me. But I remember trying to get on my phone and, like, call them. And I remember the phone ringing, but I don't know if it was real or if it was imagined. 
Like my brain was like no, but like our brains are yeah. weird. Aren't, um, it's really what's the guy's crazy. name? Do you know the um the story of the guy who way back in the day, right? And he took like he was a construction worker, I think, or something like that. Is that the one where he like the railroad? Yeah, I think so. To his and head. it like affected his yeah. eye and everything, and he didn't die. He like yeah, lived it, the like, rest of his life. It, like just missed. And him. all it did was like messed up his eye uh-huh. and like changed his personality. Yeah. Like he was no longer like fun and outgoing. He was like. A grumpy bastard after uh-huh. I was like because he like half lobotomized himself yeah by accident our brains are weird man they're so weird uh, anyways <laughs> head trauma <laughs> oops <laughs> um Ed the husband had told the police that nothing had been stolen and it, you know the police obviously did a search and it didn't look like any windows or doors had been forced open or tampered with which is wait the, right because like the axe man's like thing was to chisel, chisel a panel out of the door. Huh. And then the police came to the conclusion that she was attacked with a lamp from, like, the nearby table. Like, almost like a bedside lamp. So which n- would explain missing teeth, teeth. And, you know, a cut open scalp. Mm-hmm. I'm iffy if that's the axe man. But that is, she is noted as a victim of the axe man. Huh. It just... Seems like a weird deviation for me. Like, if you... Yeah. But maybe I'm just looking too much into that. But, hey, at least we have more shoddy police work to look forward to. Great. Um, We love it. They did arrest a person for her attack. Um, An ex-convict named James Gleason with zero evidence. So they had to release him. Obviously, he ran from the cops, right? But he said... He originally ran from them because he had been arrested so often. That he didn't want to get arrested again. So he was just like, nah, man, I don't yeah. want this. You know, so that happens do- a lot. I, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. a lot. <laughs> I think I can help you. Like, how about you just let me look at the evidence instead of just arresting <laughs> random ass people? Yeah. Let's time travel back like, to 1918 and help them find the evidence. What are you doing? Like, if you're not... You don't have any evidence, and you're just going to arrest a person anyway? Mm-hmm. And that's really all there is um, about that attack. But it's at this time that investigators are really starting to publicly speculate that all of the attacks are related. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Maggios, um, mm-hmm. Bessemer and Harriet, um, and Anna. So I think maybe in, like, the chaos and just, like, the nature of this attack, people kind of just put it with the others. However, this this was what really got people's attention on mm-hmm. maybe this is all connected. And so now we're on to the fourth attack, which was five days after Anna's attack. Jeez. On August 10th of 1918, Joseph Romano who was an elderly grocer. He lived with his two nieces, and their names were Pauline and Mary. Again, we have, like, another adjoined situation. Their rooms were adjoined, so they were in the same apartment mm-hmm. or whatever, and they were in adjoined rooms. They woke because they heard, like, a commotion coming from his room. Yeah. And so they went to check on him, obviously, because he's... Older and, You know, yeah. one of the sources said he was, like, 69 years old. You know, you hear a commotion, you might want to go check. Mm-hmm. So, I did not have it in me to look up their ages. I'm just really hoping and praying that they were whole-ass adults. Because when they entered his room, they saw that he had sustained a serious blow to the head, resulting in two open cuts, and they saw the attacker 
hauling ass fully in the crime scene. So I'm just hoping these are like adults and not yeah. like teenagers or some shit. Hoping. As injured as he was, he walked to the ambulance by himself. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he I did need die. No help. Well, he should have uh, gotten the help. Yeah. Sorry. He he died because of brain trauma, mm. of severe head trauma. Two days later, yeah. it doesn't sound like his nieces like were too beat up. Like obviously they were upset, but he was also an elderly mm-hmm. man. I think they were. Kind of They're, just expecting yeah. it at some point anyway. Not this brutal no. way, but... <laughs> like, one day he's going to go to bed and he's not going to wake right, up. Right, right. Natural causes type so, thing. they were able to give a vague description of the killer. So, you remember how I said the reason it's so easy for some people to be like, Oh, yep, it's a demon from hell. Because he's going in through a panel. Mm-hmm. He's removing from doors. Here's the description. Dark-skinned. Heavy set man with a dark suit and a slouched hat. The heavy set man gets me. Heavy set man, and what's it? Like 19, 18 standards is what? Like our normal sized man today? <laughs> I, well, don't, I don't know. But I don't know. Regardless. But still. If it's not like a scrawny little string bean. That's what I was. I was waiting for you to tell me that this dude was like six feet tall with like. <laughs> Scrawny little arms and long ass, literally like (laughs) slendy fingers. (laughs) It's salad fingers. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you're a heavy set man, and you're going in through a panel removing. As we'll find out later, apparently, he really doesn't appear to be that heavy set because in one of the attacks that we don't get to until part two. They end up thinking it was like a, a father and his son who had who had done the attack, but then people were like, the son couldn't have helped because the son is just too big to like fit through the panel in the door. What? So by this that is... logic, it can't be an actual heavy set man, or it really is a demon from hell. Fuck! Just bopping in and out. Mind blowing. Okay, and the axe he used to attack him was found in the backyard again. So we've got axe found in two bathrooms, an axe found in a backyard, a bloody razor blade found in a backyard. And there's more similarities. Okay, now all of the attacks, except for Anna's, Mm -hmm. the scenes were often ransacked, but nothing was stolen. Mm -hmm. The victim's own axe is being used as the, the weapon. Panels of doors have been removed to gain entry into the home, and... Most of these victims are Italian. Yeah. Wild. Wild. But what makes it even weirder is everybody keeps saying it's like a dark figure, you know. So what does one immigrant... uh, I'm not even going to get into it. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what what is one immigrant uh, have against another one? That's why I was like, oh, you know, spooky New Orleans episode in honor of Mardi Gras. Hmm. The Axe Man. I don't know if it's true crime or if it's supernatural. Maybe it really is a demon from hell. I don't know. Yeah. Wait till I get to part two for you. Oh, God. Um, so, this is my last little bit here. So, at this point, the city is really starting to panic. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and police are just getting reports left and right from people saying that they've 
Um, you know, they've seen the axe man lurking in neighborhoods. They've found axes and chisels in their backyards. Um, they, they have doors and windows that appear to have been tampered with. Chaos. Yeah. And within all of this panic, they have people carrying loaded guns around because they're so scared. They've got family members taking turns watching over each other at night. Jeez. Because they want to, like, they, be ready. Yeah. I mean, people are terrified. I'd be, too, if there was an ex-man running around. Right? Especially when... There's no evidence. Yeah. Like, the... And the police clearly aren't doing their job because they're arresting people and then having to let them go because they've got no evidence and then mm-hmm. they're just going off of... They're just going off of, well, I don't know, this one. Right. We, we choose you today. It's, it's almost like it's a panic of, oh my God, we need to get this thing solved. So let's yeah. just put everybody behind bars. Now, it's at this time that a retired detective, John D'Antonio... Um, so you remember in the first case... The cryptic little message. Yeah. And how the investigators of that first case were theorizing that this was related to Mm -hmm. the 1911-1912 string of attacks. So this detective, again, retired, but he worked on those old cases. And he's publicly hypothesizing that this is the same person in these string of attacks that was responsible for the 1911 string of attacks. His reason was because they were so similar. Mm-hmm. Understandably so. And before, uh, like, profiling, he gave, a like, a profile of the killer, the potential killer. Mm-hmm. He called it a description, but we now know mm-hmm. that's, that's a profile. This is him, a retired detective, and he's talking about the um, potential killer of the first set of murders. Okay. Okay. His description was an individual with dual personalities, killed without motive, could very likely have been a normal, law-abiding citizen uh, who just was often overcome with an overwhelming desire to kill. And he described that killer as a real-life Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, that was his description of the um like potential yeah. culprit for the nineteen eleven murders. Yeah. And that's where I'm gonna leave you. Oh God. <laughs> ah. Um, so we still have We still have um, the other half. Quite a few. Yeah, we have um still the Cordomiglias, the three of them, Steve Boca, Sarah Lauman, and Mike Pepitone. Um, plus, I want to get into some theories. I want to get into the letters. Yeah. This was already an hour. Next week, hopefully, will be, like, no more than, like, an hour and a half. That's fine. Yeah, so, I don't know. I I don't know if I should give a trigger warning for, like, next week's episode for the Cordomiglias. Yeah, but I feel like most people should know by now that... It's rough. It's... It had me, like... Um, I will suffice it to say, um, unfortunately, trigger warning, the two-year-old daughter of the Cordomiglias does not survive. Mm. You know, the, the description of, like, kills without motive, I'll just give a quick little overview of their, of their murder. Not any detail, but, um, 
Rosie Cordemaglia uh, woke up to find her husband struggling with a man with an axe. Like, this man is wielding an axe, and Charles is like, oh my god, like, let's not do this guy. And so, eventually, Charles falls to the floor. And now Rosie, who is clutching their two-year-old daughter, now the axe man turns to her. And she's, like, sitting there begging for her life now. It just... Oh, God. I can't. I can't even imagine. Because my kid is, too. Yeah. I cannot imagine the sheer terror that she had to have been feeling. Oh, my God. And kills without motive is absolutely correct. Because he brings that axe down. And Rosie comes, to. Unfortunately, little baby does not. Mm. It... Like, the article said that Rosie was just standing in the doorway, like, clutching her body. I was like, no. Stop. Stop it. Um, and that will be the first thing we get into for um, next week's episode. So, we'll, I'll give another warning, but maybe just, like, skip ahead if that's not something that you want to hear about. Because yeah. that was rough for me to, like, hear about. And that's... I was not even looking at any detail. Yeah. It's just my kid is too. Right. You have, yeah. Uh, This is, this is, this is, this is why I don't have them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's it. That's where we're leaving you for today. All right. For this episode. I guess, um. I'm I'm ready for next week already. Like I'm ready. I want to know more. You can't you can't leave me hanging like that. I tried to get all of my research done. I mean, I well, I have quite a bit, but you know how I am. And I know. Um, I know. I was just like, it's too much. If I would have done two or all at once, it would have been like two hours long, maybe almost three hours long. Whew. That's just a lot for one episode. Gotta break it up. Yeah. Right. Well. Have fun waiting. Have fun waiting a whole ass week, y'all. Because you're not even getting in on Friday. Y'all have to wait a whole ass week. Um, (laughs) So do I. (laughs) I mean, listen, all y'all got to wait. And I get to do some more research. Great. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, Ghoulish Gals Podcast, Twitter, Ghoulish Where'd, Gals Pod. You um, made a link tree, right? Where did you I put did. that? I put the link tree um, in the bio of our Instagram page. Okay. I just hadn't made it to Twitter yet. That's fine. Yeah, because... Go to Instagram, I have, click on the link tree. I gotta add a couple more links to it. But yes, I have all the podcasts of like where they're supposed to be. Where yeah. you can listen on there, at least. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we're finally on um, Google. Yes, Hopefully finally. Hopefully we get on Apple. I'm... I would assume by the time this comes out, we'll be on Apple. It shouldn't be hopefully that hard. Um, yeah, we're on Amazon, right? Stitcher. Amazon, yeah, Stitcher, Spotify. You can also listen on Anchor if you want, right. but it's just Spotify. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and that's it. Um, uh, if you have any stories of your own or suggestions that you want to hear about, send us an email at ghoulishgals podcast at yahoo 
hopefully we can start getting some because I really want to do a listener's episode. Oh, yeah. Like, I really want to read, I really want to read people's, like, spooky stories. I know I have some people that are like, let me know, and I'm like, would you just email me, please? Thanks. (laughs) Listen, you're my best friend. Just email me, okay? Just email me. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and look forward to future episodes. I know I've got Mothman coming up. Ooh, yeah. Um, At some point... I will be doing um, cults and tea companies. <laughs> cults and tea <laughs> companies, yeah. Um, I want to try and oh, get... I also want to do the Dilatov Pass at some point. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to try and do Satanic Panic at some point soon. Oh, yeah, and you had mentioned doing um, the, like the D&D thing, how people thought yeah, that, that, that D&D yeah, people were... Satanic Panic, exactly. That's That's fun. Um, Christ. Anyway, that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Enjoy your week. Enjoy waiting. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Have fun sleeping. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would tell you to lock all your doors, but, but I guess I if the axe man is, is really, coming in, he's, he's just going to come in anyway. You know, it's fine. I don't know, though. Our, our doors yeah. are not panels anymore. Like, maybe go listen to some jazz music. He apparently really likes jazz yeah, music. Yeah, maybe. Oh. So that keeps him away, jazz music. Well, I don't know if it keeps him away, but it seems to keep him happy. (laughs) Great. All right, guys. All right, ghouls. Bye. We'll be back. (laughs) Bye.